Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 224. You've got Chris and Brian, and today is a bit of a gum cast of sorts. <laughs> so I'm going to let Chris just get into it. In no particular order. And in one day, I started running. <laughs> Actually, you didn't. Uh, I didn't. That, yeah, thank God. Um, hey, guys, we're going to just run through some different industry things. These are questions that come up on a regular basis uh, within the store um, about what's going on within the firearms industry whether it be supply, whether it be ATF, NFA branch, different things of that nature. Um, so we just went through a, an ATF audit and, or an ATF inspection, and we learned that the ATF, uh, basically, if you are accepting a concealed carry license in the state of Ohio uh, in lieu of a background check, a NICS background check through ATF slash FBI, because the FBI actually runs NICS, um, if you accept a CHL in lieu of that and there's a problem with the paperwork or there's a problem with the CHL or something like that, it is an instant revocation of your federal firearms license. So effective immediately a week ago, we are no longer accepting CHLs in lieu of a background check. We are going to be running a NICS check on every gun we do. So sorry for the bad news, uh, but we found that out from our ATF inspector who was super helpful uh, and gave us some really good advice on things of this nature. So as we run through that, that's one of the biggies uh, that we learned here recently. So if you come in, that is a change in policy for us that's significant. Sorry for the pain in the butt. Um, sorry if there's a delay or anything pops up or nicks is down, but the risk to the licensee is just not worth it um, for the expediency of being able to run a CHL at this stage of the game. So. Yeah, right, you're Congress fitters yes. um, and complaint. And hashtag defund the ATF. Amen. Yeah, definitely. You know, if if you know if that's one of those things that you have an ethical issue or a moral issue with us, well, now you know why we're doing it, and um, it's a choice that we felt we had to make uh, to protect ourselves because there's a lot of zero tolerance. Uh, the gentleman that we spoke with here uh, had had been forced to close down. It's not it's not the inspector's decision at that point. It goes over his head. It's an ATF wide policy at this point. If you're doing that and uh, on the chl thing and so unfortunately you know he he th- was in a position where they closed they have closed down a number of each of ffls here in ohio based on that this year alone and i said yeah that's not worth the risk for us so as you as you go forward knowing that going forward that's where we're at um since we're on the atf as a conversation we're also looking at let's talk about lead times real quick uh form one lead times outside of uh, amnesty uh, form ones. I don't know where amnesties are at. I don't know if they're all mainly processed or not. I really don't know because we're not seeing a lot of those. Um, I think the majority of the 30 or 40 million people who who had pistols or pistol braces, um, the majority of those folks don't even know that their brace is illegal. And then if you go to the ones that do know and found and, and then they found out there was an amnesty, most of them basically gave the federal government the bird and said, nah, kiss my ass, I'm not doing this. Um, you know, that's the most American thing you can do, I think, at this stage of the game. Um, I guess we'll meet at the bridge at Concord or whatever. Um, but the reality check is, beyond that, um, if you did do an amnesty, I don't know what they're processing in, but if you're doing a regular paid $200 tax stamp Form 1 non-amnesty, uh, we're seeing them process around 20 days, plus or minus. Uh, we've actually had a couple in-house uh, for, for guys that work here, uh, myself included, that we're looking at like 17, 18 days on one of them and like 20, 22 days on another. So regular Form 1s are cooking right along. Uh, gets weird when we start talking about Form 4s 
uh, Form 4 transfers in general, we were seeing consistently, not you know, eight to 10 months, mostly on the short side of that, mostly eight, nine months. Um, but literally just in the last week or two, we've seen a two month, um, a couple four months and a five month. Uh, there's a lot of rumor mill going around on the interwebs right now on forums and stuff like that, that the ATF is like cherry picking a couple of them to make their numbers look better because they do have an internal mandate with e-forms being stood up of 90 days on processing these things and they're nowhere close on average. Uh, but anyway, there have been some two month, four month, five months that we've seen personally. And then I know if you go to the forums, there are there was one on one gentleman was standing on one of the forums that's sub two weeks. Had a guy that got like a 14 day stamp back on a form four. Um, and like I said, the, the rumor mill is that the ATF's just trying to make their numbers look better by cherry picking a few of them to drop the dates down. I, I don't know. Who knows? Um, it could be just random confusion as they move people around to process overflow here versus a lack of flow here or there. I, I just don't know. But anyway, we're seeing that. So keep your fingers crossed, but don't bank on it. How about that? Um, beyond that, uh, if you're looking at bump stocks, FRT triggers, and pistol braces and stuff like that, uh, there is so much rumor mill going on out there about, hey, the Fifth Circuit stayed this, or if you're an FPC member, you can do this, or if you're a this member, you can do that, or blah, 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 round and round and round. Um, be super cautious with all that stuff. Do your reading, find out, you know, what circuit you belong, what circuit you reside in, what circuit you live in. And then also, um, you know, when did you have to be a member of what organization to be um, stayed, exempted, covered, whatever the case may be, and then still be very cautious with it. Um, you know, just because this, there's a lot of legalese, there's a lot of BS, legal BS and a lot of rumor mill BS. Uh, but, you know, I know specifically on the arm braces, uh, we got a lot of guys walking in here going, oh yeah, well the Fifth Circuit overturned that. Um, that's not how that works. Uh, you know, it's got a Fifth Circuit may have done something with it, but it's not been to the Supreme Court and probably won't be for a couple years. And the Supreme Court had like a two up, two down on bump stocks from two different district courts and chose not to hear it anytime soon, at least anyway. So, you know, there's a lot of that still up in the air that hasn't been ruled on. So, you know, under the heading of not giving legal advice, I'm not, but go look into it and what you saw on the internet or what your brothers, uncles, cousins, butchers, who's a police officer said, uh, be cautious with that because it may or may not be accurate and they're probably not going to jail with you if there's a conversation like that. Anything else to add to regulatory slash ATF slash, oh, City of Columbus, uh, Magban. Uh, City of Columbus did a more than 29 rounds is illegal. Um, God love the guys at LEPD. The guys at LEPD made a mag block, made a mag block to insert in your 30 round mag to make it a 29 round mag. Um, again, a great big middle finger to Ginther um, and, and city council in Columbus. God bless those guys. Um, but anyway, so if you have a 30 round mag in the city of Columbus, it was, it was stayed, not overturned necessarily, but stayed by a judge, I guess, out of Delaware County. Uh, find out who that judge is. If you see him out somewhere, buy him a beer. I don't know, something like that. Or just leave him the hell alone. That's probably what he'd like anyway. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, it was, was, so the city of Columbus, the mag ban thing is, you know, was up in the air. Doesn't sound like it is. Again, consult legal counsel, talk to your rabbis, whoever you talk to about this kind of stuff. But our understanding is that's already come and gone. It might still be on the books in Columbus, but it's largely unenforceable because it was an illegal law to begin with. The state of Ohio has preemption 
laws that basically say municipalities can't come out and make laws that go beyond what the state of Ohio says is legal or not from a firearm standpoint. So be aware of that. Um, also be aware that in certain municipalities, depending on your behavior and anything else, um, you may still get hemmed up for something like that and, and you know, you'll probably win, but what's it going to cost? So just be aware of that from that flip side of that coin perspective. Uh, I'm not aware of anything else big in the state going on, but I don't really care about anywhere else other than Central Ohio because that's where I am. So there maybe yeah. I don't know about Cincinnati, Cleveland, Akron, Can, whatever's going on there. So anyway, Ohio's not still not quite as free as it used to be. A lot of a lot of jack wagons making bad decisions legally. Anyway, so um, so stepping out of regulatory, local, state, federal, etc., uh, pushing into a state of the industry. Um, guys, if there's a gun that you've been looking for, uh, whether it's Gucci, whether it's Common, uh, whether it's something that wasn't available during COVID and you kind of gave up on trying to get it or whatever, um, availability of firearms is probably as good as it's been in three or four years pre-COVID. Uh, we're back to seeing uh, Remington shotguns are back available. It is the new Remington, not the old Remington. Um, and when I say old, I mean, everybody's looking for like pre 2000 Remington guns, pre freedom group, Remington guns. Um, those guns out there on the used market are still there. They're very, that's a tight market. The prices are still up on those guns because I think it's generally acknowledged that Remington pre 2010 was probably a better quality product than what we got during freedom group. Um, my understanding is there was a little bit of heartburn, uh, as soon as Remington restarted in New York or wherever they went back to. God, why they do that, I have no idea. Uh, but anyway, um, there's a little bit of heartburn, some small QC issues on the first couple batches of guns, but from there on out, Remington pump guns have been pretty solid. Uh, we're seeing Remington 700s moving again, new um, ADLs, new Remington SPSs, TAC guns, stuff like that. So I guess those maybe are back in production. I just don't know to what kind of quantities, but they are finally out there. We're seeing new ones move again. Um, but like, you know, defensive shotguns, Mossberg's been killing it. Mossberg made a whole bunch of guns during, they couldn't make guns fast enough during COVID, but we sold everything we got. So like 590, 590Ss, 590A1s, all those kind of guns are, are readily available. Um, Gucci guns, uh, we're seeing a lot of Benelli's move and transfer. We don't do Benelli, even though they're technically Beretta at this point, Benelli is still listed as a dealer direct. Um, and we just don't do enough volume to go direct to Benelli, but the Beretta 1301s, uh, are are somewhat gettable, still a super hot gun, still coming in from Italy, still coming in from Europe. Uh, probably still some residual recovery from COVID BS over there. So there's a little bit of that going on. The pandemic, I think, hit Italy specifically, but Europe in general differentially than it hit us. Um, you know, we had extra fat reserves to make it through, and I don't know if the Italians do. They're skinny yeah. or something. So Except for the, the old grandmas. They're kind of chubby. <laughs> Mamma mia. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's like almost like racist or something like that, except anti-Italianist or something. I don't know. Anyway, sorry for picking on Nana. Um, but anyway, so as we, you look at that, um, the majority, there's a lot of stuff out there that you just couldn't get over the last <coughs> few years that is that is now, if not readily available, still gettable. If I go through three or four different distributors, I can probably stumble over one of something or I can find it within a week or two. So again, so if you're chasing down, yell at us. Um, but just in general across the market, a lot of the new sexy guns that are out there um, or just new guns that are out there that might be interesting, uh, almost anything Glock makes with an MOS on it is in stock. 
Um, almost anything <laughs> Smith & Wesson makes that's optics ready, whether it's a little gun or a big gun, almost everything being made now is available as an optics ready gun in some fashion uh, from the major manufacturers. Uh, HK's caught up, a lot of the VP9s are out there now, are cut and ready to go. Um, and I can get them, again, either from distribution or already have them in the store. Uh, we, you know, as you guys know, if you know us, fairly limited inventory in store, but a lot of this stuff is very gettable. So, you know, if there's something you're chasing down, yell at us, hit us up with it. Um, if, if you have the time and inclination, a lot of these guns have a lot of different variables, a lot of different models and stuff like that. I would definitely ask if you think about it, go to the manufacturer's website and come up with a manufacturer part number or do some Google foo around there and see if you can come up with a UPC code to specifically identify does it have a safety? Um, if it's a HK, does it have the new B push button mag release or the old school you know, toggle mag release? Those different kinds of things. And the more information you can bring to us, the more likely it is we can find what you're looking for. Uh, another great example, SIG P365, P365X, XL, X macro, and then all the variations within that with and without safety, with and without comp. Uh, you know, all those different things. If you can get us a part number, because there's about 60 different models of those guns, and so just call it up and go, well, I want an X macro. Well, that's cool. Which one of the 12? Because there's 12 different models, and then we can go from there. But a lot of, again, a lot of the hard to get stuff is not hard to get right now. If we push over into accessories, some weird stuff going on accessories. The big boys are pump pushing stuff out. Uh, Magpul stuff seems to be moving just fine. It's generally available. Uh, mags are generally available for the moment. Um, guys like Bravo Company, spotty availability, like they're pushing everything out, but I think there's probably more demand for BCM stuff now than there's ever been. Uh, same thing when you go to optics, the Holosun stuff, uh, very much in demand at the price point. Um, curiously enough, when you bump up to the higher priced optics like the Trigicons, way more available because of the competition, I think. Um, still think Trigicon is probably the most durable, but a lot of the Holosun stuff out there is already duty proven. It's, it's in use um, in a lot of different places and it's holding up extremely well and for the price point differential, definitely worth exploring. But that also drives a lot of demand for those products so they can be a little, a little tougher to get. Right now we've got a pretty good selection. Um, if you're local with a local PD, uh, it looks like a number of the PDs are accepting or heading toward accepting the Holosun SCS for MOS for Glock um, and probably will go other directions with that too. Um, hopefully CPD approves the SCS for use on Smith & Wessons if they're going to go optics ready, but keep an eye on that for down the road. Um, anything else to add? I mean, that's, guns and accessories is a huge category. Yeah, um, we're still seeing, you know, things, especially stuff like Holosun where they announce an ah, optic or yeah. product and then by the time it gets to us that that is anywhere from two to six months yes after said announcement um and that's just dealing with manufacturers and supply chains and yeah distributor networks um so like for example the 507 comp yes um, we have yet to see any um here yeah they are out there in the wild but we haven't we haven't seen them at the distributor catalog yet and we yeah. haven't seen them in store yet uh, and then other you know, big boy players like Surefire are still like really hard to get. We'll see onesies, twosies at the distributor level, you know, sometimes once a week. And then it's a matter of were we able to snag it or not um, as far as bringing in things like Scout Turbos and yeah, the X300 Turbos, depending on which variant and things. In another example, that the Cloud 3.0 Mini, uh, they're doing, you know, a crazy 95,000 Candela, 1,000 lumens. Um, you know, it's a dual fuel 
uh, releasing soon, you know, coming, but not out there yet. And a lot of this we buy from distributors, not direct from the manufacturer. And so what happens is the, the manufacturer will make a big wad of these and they'll push them out. But because of that initial demand, everybody wants to buy one up. Um, all the guys who have to have the newest, coolest, brightest, firstest, fastest kind of thing, snatch those up, regardless of price point, they just grab one. Um, I'm thinking of a guy in Upper Arlington, but we won't say his name. Anyway, um, you know, that stuff, when that stuff pops, you, you know, the first push of that goes away quickly. And it seems like they weren't on the ball ready to back up the next manufacturing run of that, or they didn't have the train full coming in and they only unloaded one car or something like that. Yeah. So it happens with a lot of stuff in this industry. Uh, so definitely, you know, keep an eye on that stuff. I will tell you that, that it, it what we're hearing from distributorships um summer in the firearms industry is generally slow usually you see a may june july or june july august kind of slowdown um that hit early may for a lot of stores we really didn't see the summer slowdown until it actually got hot you know july 4th weekend that kind of stuff's like oh okay summer's here cool no big deal um i know that hearing guys in the industry for at the distributor level talking about sales and stuff like that um there's some interesting stuff going on with sales to the extent that we actually have some distributors dropping trial to move inventory um, you're seeing distributors do inventory reduction sales, which we've never seen before, um, which pushes us to a different part of this conversation in a different part of the industry. You go back to NFA stuff, suppressors and stuff like that right now. If you go to Silencer Shop and take a look on Silencer Shop's page, they generally they have posted on there which manufacturers have what things going on right now. Uh, Silencer Co. is doing a buy one, get one kind of thing. Uh, there's a lot of companies paying for a tax stamp. Griffin Armament's been real aggressive about that off and on, uh, but they're paying for tax stamps for you. A lot of them are doing maybe a $100 or $200 gift card where they're not going to pay for your stamp, but they'll give you a $200 gift card for their products uh, you know, on their website kind of thing. So you know, if you're buying a can and you wanted two or three muzzle brakes for it, or maybe you wanted a hat or a t-shirt or whatever, you know, it's covering a lot of that stuff, but they're back to being very, very aggressive like they were during the Trump slump. Uh, you had 17, uh, 2017, around that time frame, yeah. 18. Um, the industry was, was really, really slow in that regard, and the suppressor companies got super aggressive and even took some pretty big rolls of the dice to move stuff, took some big chances. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that right now on that part of the industry. So if you're looking to suppressor, you know, understanding that you're anywhere between two weeks and 11 months, um, to get one, <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, plan on nine to ten months, but if you're looking at doing one, you know now's a good time fiscally. Now it's a good time to do it uh, if you feel like you've got that kind of income available. Um, as a side note, talk to the folks at Silencer Shop. Call them up. Use their customer service. They do an outstanding job. Talk to them about what you know, what you should be buying, what your options are, that kind of thing. Ask them; they'll they'll help you out with that. And then talk to your rabbis about it locally too and see what they think you know go to your priest and see what he thinks is the bestest quietest for the mostest money leastest money kind of thing uh, but you know just be careful with that everybody's got an opinion about what you should do based on what they think and what they needed or wanted versus what you need or want so make sure you're working through that and i think silencer shop still does probably the best job of anybody out there of helping you work through that uh, so trying to think of what else the industry's all oh, ammo yeah. Um, yeah. When I was in the military, I was an ordnance tech in the Air Force, and we used to have a saying: "says ammo sucks." I can't finish the rest of that on here because it's not family. It's worse than not family friendly. Um, but anyway, ammo sucks still. Uh, pricing nine millimeters down. You should be able to buy nine millimeter for twenty six, twenty seven cents a round. Uh, we're selling case quantities for twenty seven cents in store, twenty seven and a half cents in store uh, for a copper jacket or brass case nine. 
um, and it's available to you right now and you can walk in and get it and walk out. You don't have to wait for shipping and stuff like that. If you're out there searching around online, probably seeing 26 cents around, probably about a penny around is a little, little better there. Um, online, um, you know, so, you know, do be diligent about what you're buying. If you're stocking up, you know, you know, do what's good for you. Uh, if you want to support a local business, we're here, uh, but we also get pricing because we shoot a lot and we get it. Um, five, five, six, I don't really keep that close to track on five, five, six, but I'm, I'm, everything I'm hearing is if you, you're probably not going to get to 40 cents around, but you might get to 45 cents around. Yeah. Anywhere from like 41 to 45 is kind of out there for, for copper jacket, brass cased. Yeah. For yeah. basically M193 type yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and it is out there. It's super available. And again, uh, you know, we've got like PMC in store right now. Um, our prices are obviously a little more than that because we're probably buying the same place as you are. Who knows? It's just you can walk in and buy it right now and walk out uh, versus waiting on shipping. So, uh, you know, be aware of that prices have come down a whole bunch from the COVID days, but they're still not, you know, you're just not going to see that again, 2017, 2018 Trump slot pricing. The manufacturers were selling ammo in some cases with rebates below cost just to keep it moving because things were so slow. So if you're living in four and five year old good old days, um, those days are over. And when you can get down to, you know, like I said, 26 cents around right now on nine millimeters, pretty good. Um, you might be able to beat that, but you're going to do a lot of looking or find a sale or something like that. And then also watch out because some manufacturers, you know, there's reputable places do what they do, but there's some places out there that will, you know, yeah, we're going to hit you with shipping and handling fees. And all of a sudden that 20, 24 cents around is now 27 cents around anyway. So just watch out for those extra charges and stuff like that. Um, but the ammo into things, ammo is definitely available just not at the prices that we all grew used to five years ago. So just be aware of that. If you shoot a lot, suck it up and buy it. Or if you're chasing down reloading components, good luck because primers still suck. Yeah. Prices are still damn near double what they were five years ago. Um, and I, the manufacturers are simply not giving up on that. And, you know, whatever, that's that's their call. You don't really, there's nothing you can do about it except suck it up and buy it. But at this point, it's still probably cheaper to buy loaded ammo than it is to reload it unless you're doing mega big volume. And I don't know who that is, so... Yeah. Uh, Industry-wise, um, in the store, um, Medgear, another one that's really interesting. Uh, we still have a war going on in Europe. Um, you know, the stuff going on in Ukraine, I think, is pulling a lot of supplies. Um, school starting up for the year is pulling a lot of supplies. We've got some, you know, local school districts that we're aware of uh, that are buying Medgear and seem to be have caught on to that idea that, you know, hey, let's have some good Medgear around uh, for SROs and teachers that are trained up properly to use in case there is some kind of an emergency. Um, but this time of year, you know, it, Medgear seems to get really wonky and hard to get a hold of. Uh, tourniquets seem to be available, but some other things like pressure dressings um, can be spotty at best. So, you know, be aware of that too if you're looking for Medgear. If you're, you know, you're an SRO getting ready to rebuild your back to school kit, you know, or you're a teacher getting ready to, you know, who's responsible like that and you want to rebuild your kit, understand that. Um, Family's going on vacation, buying, you know, dad's buying med gear because like, hey, I want to put a good med kit in the car before we travel kind of thing. Uh, but I think the big thing is what's going on in Europe right now is driving a lot of that movement. It's calming down, but it's still not great. Uh, we're still seeing some delays getting specific items out of a couple of our vendors that we work with. So just be aware of that too. Uh, so yeah, the on, on the whole, inventory is pretty strong. It's pretty available. Prices are definitely up if you're if you're living in five years ago world, you're, it's going to be a shock when you walk in um, almost across the board because high-end rifles like Daniel Defense, everything went up $200 a gun over the last few yeah. years. 
um, high-end shotguns. Everything went up 100 to $200 a gun um, over the last couple of years. Uh, Ruger, Ruger 1022 is an example. You know, Ruger 1022s before COVID, you could buy 249. Now a cheap one's 349. It went up 100 bucks. So you know, there's there's been some significant jumps where the manufacturers have had to make changes price-wise and push through, and they're not coming off of it because they don't have to. Um, and and we'll see how that goes as the economy continues to get Bidenized. Um, you know. I, I'm not sure where this stuff's going to go. If we're going to hold on to the inflation and the prices because uh, the dollar's not worth as much or if we're going to see something back off and, and break where people just have to kind of drop, try to move stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, had that conversation in store. Um, for us, you know, firearms, if we're pulling 15% margin off a of firearm, it's nearly a miracle. So when guys come in and they're like, you know, oh, prices really went up, you know, can you give me some love on this? The, probably the last place I can give you love is on a gun. Um, or ammo probably the two last places because there's just not margin there. So uh, Yeah, the way of the world right now, baby. So uh, That is the state of on the whole. I think it's a positive thing um, I'd like to see ATF wait times drop on foreign force um, But they are you know, we're still we're not where we were at 16 months, you know a couple years ago So that's awesome yeah. um, I'd like to see prices on guns come back down, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to give that up. And then the ammo end of things, I think we're probably, I think we're probably bottomed out where we're going to bottom out because I think the manufacturers are still seeing plenty of movement at the current prices. So until something breaks and they've got to change, they're not going to. So I think that's where we're at, guys. Um, on the whole, everything's available. It just costs a little more than it was five years ago. So uh, stop in and talk to us about it. If you got, you know, questions, concerns, comments, you know, things like that, you want to see what's going on, you know, or specifics, you know, give us a call or stop by. We love having these conversations because it's what we do every day. So yep. that's um, the state of the industry. Yeah. On that note, as we come across things, we post them up to our social media. You can follow us along on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we're at Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we are Cap City Outfitters 2. Uh, on our website, capcityoffers.com, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We are in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Grill. We're here 10 to 5 Tuesday through Friday and then 10 to 3 on Saturdays and we look forward to seeing you soon. And hopefully Brian survives today and is around to, cut to for you to come see him next week because he sounds like death at the moment. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs>